0: Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about what's going on with the market today. Does the news out of China affect my long-term investment thesis? And what is the real value of a wealth manager? And now, here's Philip. It is
1: September 20th, 2021. Another week, and temperature is dropping to 57 later on this week. And I'm excited. Whole new wardrobe coming out. Well, let's talk about this episode. And this actually is a timely episode because I'm recording this. Around nine fifteen a.m., so the market's been open for about forty-five minutes. I saw this morning when I woke up that the futures were down almost two percent, and so I was like, "This is going to be an interesting market." So I started to read up on what was going on, and you had China, big real estate company in China uh, that folks are fear is going to collapse because it has so much debt. Um, You have COVID worries, the U.S. debt ceiling uh, worries, and this a recurring theme on my podcast that I talk about a lot is the fact that there are a lot of deflationary forces in the market. Deflationary forces means uh, prices being pushed down, and and it you know it's summed it up. It's demographics. You have a lot of people that have all the money, which are older and they don't buy as much. They buy more assets than anything, more bonds because uh, they're you know older more conservative so demographics is deflationary you also have technology we're innovating at a rapid pace and that innovation drives down cost um you have lots of debt um so when you have lots of debt you have basically the global economy maxed out on loans because you can you can get growth through um, borrowing money everybody's all economies are almost maxed out and so You have these deflationary forces and which is which is why you have governments printing so much money to counteract those deflationary forces. They don't want prices to drop down uh, because if that happens, asset prices drop down, which is housing, stock market prices, which causes companies to go under, lay off people. It's a downward spiral. You got riots in the streets. People aren't happy. Politicians get thrown out and politicians are in the business of staying in power. So they don't want that. So they keep printing money. So, and again, the episode on, on on the money printing, which is why the money printing in and of itself is not gonna cause lots of quote unquote hyperinflation. It, it makes the value of the money go down, which is a whole other conversation, uh, which is why you see assets like real estate, like crypto, like stocks are going up relative to the dollar or other currencies uh, in time. And, and, and you also see as they uh, pay more checks to people, um, like they're doing, that that causes price inflation in the goods and services uh, little by little. But the, the concern is less of a hyperinflation and there's more of enough money printing to counterbalance the deflationary forces that are getting bigger and bigger every year. So what, what does all this mean, right? Because I covered this, you know, covered it before. Uh, it just goes back to my thesis of for the next five years or longer, we're going to live in a world with low growth, uh, and lots of money printing, which favors cryptocurrencies, tech stocks, anything that's involved in innovation that more people will adopt, will adopt five years from now. That is a great bet in this current uh, environment. And so you it, it requires you to ignore the short term noise. Right. Be patient. Think long term day to day, week to week, month to month. That that doesn't matter once you get the macro big picture right. Um, you almost want to think about it like you know, getting the theme right, getting the right investments for it, and then just do as best as you can to not look at your money uh, at all, right? You, if you want to pay attention, like pay attention to the economic circumstances. So you want to you want to review, you know, has all the debt around the world magically disappeared, which, which won't happen, right? Ha, ha, have all the people that are older with the money transferred it to the younger people, which again probably won't happen. It's technological innovation uh, slowing down or picking up, that's uh, speeding up, right? So if you if you understand what's happening, uh, oh, by the way, had the government stopped printing money, right? You you go to the things that are, are are causing the economic environment that we're in, and you can check those. And if those don't change, if those change, then you may want to go reevaluating your invest, investments. But if those don't change, might just you know just leave it alone and let things play out the way they're going to play out. Because in the short term, in this kind of environment. It's going to be volatile, and that's where the money comes, right? I think patience has always been a virtue of those who wants to make money, but it's going to become even more important to make money uh, in the future. I did a post on Twitter the other day, and the post said something to the effect of: Most people who have money problems don't have a lack of financial intelligence; it's a lack of emotional intelligence. I mean, that's just a hundred percent true because it doesn't take financial education, uh, financial intelligence for for you to understand i shouldn't spend all the money i make i should put a portion of it aside right you've heard that numerous times before that's half the battle it doesn't it also doesn't take a financial intelligence to say hey i know diversification works you know i know you know you you probably read many times that spread you know especially if you listen to my podcast like you know how i feel about Target date funds or a diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and crypto over the long term. Like these are things that you know you've read. You know my book, Retirement Investing 101, on One, which is literally a step by step guide for how to build and manage a portfolio. You can just read that and and and, and know how to build a portfolio. It's selling on Amazon, right? So it's not for lack of financial intelligence for most people. It's emotional intelligence. So it's saying, all right, cool. I don't spend all I make. I save some. And then I put it into a portfolio and I think long-term, right? I have faith in the future. I stay uh, disciplined with my diversification and I stay patient for the long-term. These are all things that, as I'm saying it, you're like, yeah, I've heard this before. Most people have. So it's the, what well, the hard part is the emotional intelligence to ignore the headlines, right? When the news stations are screaming, the, the, the sky is falling uh, so, so they can get more eyeballs, so they can sell more advertising. You know, you have to be not affected by it. When you're getting text messages or reading messages in chat groups or chat forums on the internet that you look at and people are panicking, you have to not panic, right? Whenever you're looking at, whenever you do look at your portfolio and you see some red, but you did the homework and you and, and you know it's built right, you got to not panic. And and this is where the, 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 the biggest value of a wealth manager is not building a portfolio. That part is easy. I, and, I, and I and I was telling the buddy, I give away all of my best ideas on this podcast. Like, peop, some people think, "Oh, Phillips keeping some of the information to himself and not sharing it on the podcast so that I can hire him as a wealth manager." No, I give you the game on the podcast. I give you all the game on the podcast. There is, there's no hidden game. I'm not giving you from a financial intelligence standpoint. I am giving you all the game on the podcast. Go, you know, I wrote a Bitcoin white paper on my on my on, on the front page of my website, stoneheadwealth That gives you gain on Bitcoin and white and, and, and my thesis on that. I, I do my best. I wake up every morning and I think, how do I turn my listeners on to all the information I have in my head in a simple way where they can understand it? Because that's not why people pay me, right? what people pay me is to borrow my patience, to borrow my faith, to borrow my discipline, to help them stay emotionally intelligent when they don't want to. It's, uh, and and this is no joke for real. I'm more like a, a therapist than I am some sort of financial, you know, genius, right? People think therapists are only people that have, emotional problems. By the way, side note, we all have something that we're struggling with emotionally, um, even when we overcome certain things. It doesn't have to be traumatic. It's just we all got triggers and we all are working to grow and become better humans, right? So, you know, having a constant therapist for anybody is good to make sure that times when you do get off track, your therapist is there to keep you on track. You might do well 300 days a year, but those 65 Days where you don't do well can just throw a monkey wrench in life, and so you have a therapist to 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 keep you on track, or you might go to church and listen to the pastor every week, you know, to stay on track, or, or even in the workout realms. Right, somebody with a with a with a coach uh, or accountability uh, to work out is going to do a whole lot better than somebody who is relying on uh, their own willpower, because our own willpower. You know, it's cool most days, but some days that willpower, we don't have it and we got to borrow somebody else's. And and that's the benefit of a wealth manager, not to make this a, a, a sales pitch, but that's my value. Like all the money I charge for managing money, right? My management fee, it you know, the value is 100% my clients borrowing my emotional intelligence when they're fearful, right? I mean, I, I, I consider all the contextual knowledge about their portfolio and their financial plan to be free. Like, I don't consider chart. I don't consider that's what they're, they're paying me for. It's like I give the game away for free. I do it on zoom, on the zoom lives on Friday, I do it on the podcast like anybody who is a friend of mine or around me, they ask me a question. I give the game away for free from a knowledge perspective. That's just how it was built. Right. The, the value is when you see your own money at risk, right? And the more money you have, the, the, the bigger it is, right? I mean, I have clients with millions of dollars with me and, you know, a uh, uh, 20, 30, 40% swing, you know, in accounts are hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, right? And that could be emotionally difficult, no matter who you are to watch. And so you have to have strong emotional intelligence and borrow faith, confidence and patience or faith, discipline and patience when you don't have any. And so that is this, you know, uh, I started rifting on that because I think it's super important, but that is the game. Emotional intelligence is how you make money in investing. Emotional intelligence is how you build wealth. Emotional intelligence is the key to getting anything else, anything you want in life, period. Because our emotions, by the way, like people think emotions are bad. Emotions are not good and bad. They're neutral, right? Emotions, emotions are... I don't even want to call them tools, right? They are just they're 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 tidbits of information. It's like it's like reading Twitter, right? Or or you know you can read Twitter, you know you can see negative stuff, you can see positive stuff, but it's just it's just feeds, right? It's not you should don't attach them to who you are. Don't attach something your Twitter feed to who you are, right? Same with emotions, right? We get emotions that you know. That are healthy and unhealthy, right? And sometimes we understand why we get the emotions. A lot of times we don't, right? You got to do your own work to analyze why you feel the way you feel about certain things, uh, and and learn to deal with those emotions. But they but they are not who you are, right? Emotions are just information, the Twitter feed of the brain, right? And the better you the better you understand that and detach yourself from emotions, from your emotions, right? Don't get me wrong, you're gonna feel your emotions. But you don't have to let your emotions own you, and it's going to make you a better person just in general. So I hope this helps
0: somebody. Until I episode tomorrow, enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com.